0: Listening to Second Wind with Joyce Buford, where women who are ready to expand their life adventure discover the tools to stop playing small and tap into the courage required to enjoy their Second Wind. Welcome. Hello, good morning. I'm so glad that you're here with us today. It's going to be another great show, and I'm looking forward to talking with April, who is our guest. Now, I want to talk about this week because there was a lot of good stuff that happened this week. We had the inaugural and a change of leadership. So now President Biden and Vice President Harris are leading the helm. And we've got some positive COVID action going on here, which I know gives everybody a relief, including our local and state government, in how to pro- proceed to get on top of this thing that we're facing. Now, one of the things also that happened at the festivities was that there was a young 22-year-old um young lady, Amanda Gordon, and she is the youngest poet uh, to share her words with us. She was the hit on the, I mean, <laughs> the way she presented herself, the power of the way she did and I loved the way she used the words. Oh, it was awesome. So anyway, I just wanted to share that with you because I was glued to the screen as I think many other people were. And it was a celebration time for the for the United States and for America. So it was amazing to me that after the two weeks ago seeing such horror in front of us, that in two weeks They could make such strides in preparing the capital and cleaning up that mess. I'm sure not all of the mess was inside was cleaned up, but it it just was amazing to me how quickly our government had responded to um, to help a very historic time become a success. So I'm impressed by um, the leadership that is. Now, in the White House, so anyway, that being said, I want to in to tell you about our guest today. april tribe jute there you go, April, how to do? Pretty <laughs> good, pretty good. April tribe jute, yeah <laughs> is um. Her, her last name is French, and so it uh, doesn't spell, at, it doesn't pronounce at all like the way it's spelled. So uh, it's kind of a tricky thing. But she is a published author, a ghostwriter, a coach, a podcaster. And she is part of the amplifier with her work. She considers herself an amplifier. She is a lens mirror prism to your light so that it can stretch your message to thousands more april has a passion for author stories and we all have a story and how we connect humanity speaking from my from her heart april's transformational story and power captivates her audience about thriving and forgiveness now April, I love this, and but I like for my ladies to know a little bit more about you. So kind of tell us a little bit about April, please. Okay,
1: so after the formalities, here's the realities,
0: right?, <laughs> Good, I like it. This is the word woman. Yes, yes.
1: <laughs> so, well, just to just to hit it out of the ballpark, I am a mother of nine children, and yes, all nine children came from me. There aren't any twins; they all came one at a time. And
0: oh my <laughs> gosh. <laughs> I'm like, really,
1: really, really oh, awesome, awesome. So, with with my life really focused in on being a mom, mm-hmm. there's just a. a I would say a passion and a power to understand what stories are created in just the everyday life. So yeah. in my everyday life uh, growing up, I was um, the middle of five kids. So here we go with the middle kid syndrome or whatever that's called. <laughs> <laughs> yes. but, but really, I got to see a lot of good things in front of me and a lot of great things behind me. And um, it it led me to to make different kinds of choices in my life. So uh, just to kind of share some things that were not so great. Mm -hmm. Um, When I was around uh, eight years old, um, I was sexually molested by a neighbor. And that whole episode was through a summer. And the whole construct about that, I, I share in my book, Out of Darkness, find fuel and live in your light. That concept, what happened there was um, something that started a journey, but it's not a trajectory of my entire life. But it definitely started some things where I started to change from what I had been taught in the home, where I always knew that uh, Heavenly Father was there for me, loved me. My goodness, my, my one of my first memories is getting an answer to a prayer. So, Uh I mean, how great is that? I was around two years old and I had lost my favorite little teddy bear and said (laughs) a prayer. And wouldn't you know it right there, I found that bear. And I knew even as tiny as I was, I knew somebody greater than even my parents loved me. Mm -hmm. And that Mm -hmm. was always a comfort in my life. Even though this tragic thing happened, I always knew he was there Mm -hmm. and I wish I could say, and all was well, but not really. (laughs) So to summarize just a few pieces, um, the, the concept of everything that had happened, I fell into a pattern, which I call the three poisons, which we'll probably get into a little later, but basically I tried to please perform and perfect for everyone because I thought that that's how people would love me or how I would be accepted or how I would belong. And so that started this journey, because um, when you have that mind frame and that mindset, well, yeah. life is a little different. So yeah. I, I started to understand and learn story and mm-hmm. how stories can help us get through things and how mm-hmm. story can help us cope. And so mm-hmm. I've always been some type of a, a storyteller. And in that, um, the, it was definitely a survival mechanism yeah. for me. And um, yet, you know, there's definitely amazing and happy times. Hello, I'm a mom of nine. This is fantastic. (laughs) So not not all was lost and weary, but I definitely had a journey to go through, which I'm sure we'll talk about a little bit today. So that's a little bit about myself.
0: Well, you have five children by previous marriage, and then you have four from this present marriage. Yes. Is Mm -hmm. that right? Yeah. And you, uh, you come from a large family. Five is not a small family. Right. I'm from a two, so you know I'm <laughs> like what? <laughs> I'm thinking of breakfast, lunch, dinner, oh, all yeah. of those. Yeah, <laughs> yes, and so everybody's taking. But I also think of families that large. They, they have. I think they have a a special. Um, experience in raising can be a lot of love uh more than even the the, just the two-person family (laughs) but i could be wrong (laughs) i've been wrong before
1: (laughs) yeah so So in in raising a a large family it kind of comes just as as a set um uh, we have large families within the family um my my grandmother was was the oldest of eight, and her mom was the was the youngest of eleven, and her mom was the seventh of nine.
0: So it's in the Whoa, family. It is. <laughs> yeah, it's in the family. Don't so, you think that's interesting that we tend to do what our what we come from?
1: Yeah, I, and that's exactly what I wanted to comment on. Is uh-huh. that when when things um, you know. When when you're familiar with stuff that you know, with how life really unfolds, there's a connection of love and belonging that happen. And I think within the family dynamic, um, we have a lot more people to, to talk to, to rely mm-hmm. on, mm-hmm. to give support with. And I'm telling you what, you're never out of friends. I watch my kids as they interact and as they do things. They do pair. They pair uh-huh. up a little bit. Uh-huh. and and group up, but it's really nice to see how we can construct within a family social relationships, connections, um, corrections, right? Yes, <laughs>
2: so yes.
1: That's, that's not yeah. such a great way to do that. Let's try something different. And yeah. um, <laughs> so <But> you,
0: <laughs> you were on 24-7. I'm just, yeah. Laughing. When did you ever go to sleep? I mean, you were exhausted when you were sleeping. <laughs> I'll
1: yeah. sleep when I'm dead. And that's what I usually say.
0: Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, I, there was a lot of competition between my sister and I, she was older and, uh so, you know, some of those family dynamics are not always just really wonderful. Now, in our later adult lives, we became closer. But in our growing up years, we were three years apart and we were, you know, we had our challenges. So it was kind of interesting. I was the the one that turned it. I was not. She was the popular one. And I was, I was the cook because I love to cook and make desserts. So. You know, we find our place, no matter where it is, right. and uh, and grow grow from there. But you know, you it, we all have to work on something when we grow up to be adults. We don't come out of childhood well rounded. I right. I don't believe that. <laughs>
1: well yeah it's a phase and stage of our life correct Um, and we we are usually given a strong foundation and if we're not then we have you know the next set which for some people are those college years and then we have our 30s and our 40s to keep refining because we're not done and I think if we have that concept in our mind is we have to drop even though I love story, we have to drop the concept of, and they lived happily ever after with this clause. Meaning sometimes when we put that at the end of the story, what we're intending for the reader is to think, oh, from here on out, roses Mm -hmm. and rainbows. Mm
3: -hmm. But
1: really when we compare ourselves to a falsehood like that, then we get into trouble. So Mm -hmm. we have to really remember that to live happily ever after Is definitely attainable and it's not until the very end you can be happy throughout your life and sure you're gonna have moments of ups and downs and trials uh hello welcome to life and so and so as you find the joy in the moments one of my favorite quotes is come what may and love it ah nice because as it comes you have a choice to Mm. love it to lose it or to leave it Mm. and you know, now I'm not saying that all my life was roses and rainbows. I had, my first marriage was an abusive marriage Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. not, it, it it came about in a way that was, I think, probably different than most. Um, he suffered with bipolar schizophrenia, but that onset didn't come until his mid twenties. Mm -hmm. And, um, with that, i didn't realize that that was what was happening Mm -hmm. it was just a lot of stress and so he fell back into addiction and with the addiction came abuse and then the cycle comes and like many people who are addicted to either drugs or alcohol pornography whatever the addiction is it usually cycles Mm -hmm. where you have Mm -hmm. these times of repair repentance and things are going well for a few months and then, you know, the amount of stress, whatever the trigger is, they crack. And then yeah. they go again. And yeah. so we kind of, we kind of joked that we had five cycles because I have five children. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, as the cycles were good, I usually would find myself pregnant and then the stress would happen and then we would spiral down. Now, one thing was interesting on the rebound, we never rebounded. Up to the place that we were, it was just always a little lower and a little lower. And yeah. so in my first book, Pinpoints of Light, Escaping the Abyss of Abuse, we felt like we, meaning now with my children, we just spiraled down until we hit a bottom. Right. Fortunately, that bottom was strong enough for us to like rebound off of.
3: Uh-huh.
1: And sometimes in the darkest night, when you see just one single star or one single pinpoint, Mm-hmm. you have absolute direction and you're going to go in that direction. And that's what it was for us. And that was the beauty of, of all of these things is that through these little pinpoints, we were directed and guided out. And that's why I love the concept about light. And I feel like we all have light within us mm-hmm. and the light that we have within us. We're not to gather together and just add light to each other. Cause that's not how light works. Light as its individual um, wavelength is what can be stretched and amplified. So we all are blessed with that. But as we gather together, we're not necessarily showing our light to one another. We're actually a mirror or a prism or a lens that reflects one another's light. And in that Ah, reflection, that's how we stretch it towards someone else. So just as something I really enjoy is, I'm an armchair scientist. (laughs) I love to learn. And Mm -hmm. um, Augustine Frischnell, he was a French scientist and figured out what light was, is that it wasn't a particle, that it was actually a wave. And so he took this concept. Oh, dear. That's the grandfather
0: (laughs) clock. That's the clock. April has a clock. I I love grandfather clocks, though. So (laughs) I apologize for that. But go ahead. (laughs)
1: So with this concept, he wanted to make sure that he helped mariners out in the sea. And so he was kind of the, the father of the lighthouse uh-huh. and he was able to take a single candle. If you can think about the pool of light that a candle produces, yes. not really that far, uh-huh. but what he did was he polished mirrors and lenses to mm-hmm. the point that he was able to stretch and amplify that candle 20 miles wow into the darkness that is amazing yes, that is. is amazing and hence the lighthouse is
0: born and it becomes yeah. a beacon, right amazing yes. <laughs> yes 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 wouldn't that be awesome to to look and realize that you created something that has stayed with us for so many years yeah. i mean just think if you were a, a creator a builder a uh, I just think that would be an awesome thing. But I know there are always times that we, and in your cycle, I'm kind of interested because you went through five cycles, but what was the time that you decided? And sometimes leaving an abusive marriage is very difficult. And so... uh, well, I think anytime you leave, it, it's difficult. But sometimes when there's abuse, there's difficult in getting out of away from your your uh, offender. So, what was the defining moment that just told you, "I must make this change. I must turn. I can't stay." Even with my five children, I can't stay. Great
1: question. So here's the answer to that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so after delivering my my fifth child, I knew that something was going to drastically change. I just had a feeling and I knew that it was time for me to stop being the victim. Yes. Um, many victims are great at their victimhood. I mean, we can lay it on. Talk about storytelling. It is amazing what you can do there. <laughs> and um, I just had this, this pinpoint happen in my life Which was, I was starting to really do a lot of family history and understand my ancestry. And um, Ellen Parkinson is my fourth great-grandmother. And I had read a lot about her story. And she was, um, like I said, one of nine. And her family was moved to um, join a church and come to the United States and head west. Uh And in this journey of them going west, they found themselves trapped on the high plains of Wyoming, in about 20 inches of snow, and this is mm-hmm. the middle of October, uh, and um, soon, her parents died of the cold exposure. brothers and sisters ooh. did, and there oh. were only four remaining. Now she is five years old at the time.
0: <gasps> oh.
1: And she's an orphan, mm-hmm. sitting in the snows of Wyoming. Oh.
0: What's, your,
1: what's your choice? What's your option? Right, And it was to get up, stand up, and there, there were rescuers who had been sent. And when they had found the party, you know, she still had to walk another 700 miles to where it was safe. <laughs> oh. I was old, so I'm like, you know what? Sometimes we just have to get up. And she was this beacon of light to me, this pinpoint. And I thought, something has to change. And, um, I was able to actually go on her journey and went to Wyoming and see the place where all of these things had happened. And I was just enveloped with the story. And I thought, what am I doing? I am in a similar place, right? I am completely trapped. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Well, I have a choice. I can sit here and tell my victim's story or I can make the change. And it was terrifying. So I had to start making an exit plan. Now I didn't call it an exit plan at the time. I didn't even really know what that meant. But now as being an advocate for others who are trapped in marriages like this, Mm -hmm. I know what it all means. So I was actually building my exit plan and I was doing it through building (laughs) networks. Now in building Ah. networking, that was the key. And so we had to find friends, family, people beyond my little sphere and circle to mm-hmm. know how to do this. And right. I was blessed with an opportunity to find work and employment because the financial abuse, which is what held us trapped for the longest piece yes. was the part I had to solve. Right. And I became a teacher and in yeah. teaching, I be- I had a living wage and mm. that was the miracle. Mm. And with coworkers and things like that, I started to really build this plan out. And on November 28th, 2006 we left oh, I to, yeah I had about eight minutes 2006 yeah wow. yeah yep. so we've been free for 14 years and uh those eight minutes were intense and mm-hmm. looking at all five of my children hiding them away in the van um pushing the van out of the garage and then suddenly pounding on the hood happened I had to throw oh. it in reverse he threw oh. off off the van threw it into drive and I drove oh. out into a snowy night with Oh my no gosh, April. Oh. <laughs> with five children. Now three of my children have autism. So let me tell you, being homeless mm-hmm. with kids with autism is probably not recommended, but <laughs> we were safe. Yes. <laughs> we were safe. And yeah. that that was the starting point of of really everything. Because even though um, I was able to escape we were able to get a protective order Uh, he had a tragic episode in front of the judge which was a blessing to us because the judge could see see. like this is not going well and so all responsibility was put on his shoulders to make supervised visitation appointments and all of these things his mindset was in such a place where we knew we were safe like There's no way he was going to be able to do any of that. And the kids haven't seen him for 14 years. And we have been
0: safe ever since. So yeah, yeah, it's it's quite a, such such a story of courage. Oh my gosh, that takes a lot of courage and bravery. So I know you've done growing. I know that, you know, I myself left a, a marriage and I, um, you know at the time I was like you I had a story I was telling and then the story didn't work anymore um so I I know that courage that you had to go through however I only had two children but I uh, yeah my hat's off to you my dear that's awesome yeah but look what you've done now were you an English teacher or a uh, science? <laughs> that is
1: a great question. Um, I thought I was always going to be um, an English teacher, uh, but I ended up being an elementary school teacher starting off with fifth grade, and that was uh, really exciting. And then I went from fifth to second and then into transition. And so transitional students are students who are special education um, needs that are ages between 18 and 22, and we help them in their life skills. And currently, that's what I do at Texas School for the Deaf. So all of my students are deaf, and all my uh-huh. students have autism, and so where I come in with with learning about deaf culture and all of that was blessed with my sixth child and my eighth child because they were born deaf.
0: Really? Yeah, and so it, <laughs> here we I go. Mean, I mean, I'm not, you know this this is such such great information to share because you know when we when those things happen to us we i'm sure the first deaf child you were kind of like oh my now what but how how it's all works out to to put you in the position to learn to grow and and then you become a teacher i just think that's amazing don't you okay the way god works
1: yeah, <laughs> yeah. He well sometimes when that happens, it's just it's just that moment of, of you know you you desire to follow through, mm-hmm. build up, and help others. So wow. the concept of amplifying is truly, how can I help you today? And, wow. and that reach out is as we love one another, what's our greatest commandment, right? is that we are to love the Lord thy God with all our heart, might, mind, and strength and to love our neighbor as ourselves, And that is the foundation. And so as that, you reach out, you look for others and you see where their needs are and you're able to do it. And it's not in a place of victimhood. It's in a place of victory because you see them with true empathy and love. Mm -hmm. And there's an adage that you can say is, you know what? They're probably Mm -hmm. doing the best they can from the circumstances they understand. Right. And from the experiences they know, now right. can they grow from there on out? Of course,
2: mm-hmm. but from
1: where? Sometimes when you where you meet them is where they are, and so right. love them where they are, and they'll they'll grow, right. and that's what I find in our large families, is that with my first three sons with autism, you know when you look at a child and and the doctor says we don't know, mm-hmm. what the future holds, you make a decision to say well then I'm going to meet today and tomorrow with the expectation of love and we'll set a goal yeah. and see what can happen.
0: And then the next and the next yeah. day. Haven't they done good work in progressing with autism, supporting yes. it? I yes. think I, I don't have anybody that has an autistic child, but uh, yeah, I, I've, you know, what little I know, but going to your website, I realized that you were signing as you spoke your video and I was going, Oh, that's different. (laughs) Not knowing your story.
1: Yes, yes. So So, anything I try to do is always with an ASL component because I, you know, I always want my daughters to know that no matter what, they'll have access to communication. Yes. You know, that I love them. That's an expression. Now am I a certified interpreter? No. Have I learned a lot? Yes. (laughs) So I think it's just part of that. And as we grow yeah. in our journey and healing, yeah, it's like that. We find those pinpoints. We come out of darkness and we can reach forward. Right. And all well, people
0: I'm going to have to break in here. We, I ha- hate to because I love the statement that you, I think you were going to mm-hmm. say, but we're going to be back in a short time. We have to stop for a break and then we will be back to have April tell us more about her work.
2: Coach, motivational speaker, and author Joyce Buford returns after this short break. Close your eyes and imagine living your life without limits. Where would you go? Who would you meet? What would you do? During an Uncover Your Hidden Genius session, you will discover what's keeping you from living your life with purpose. Passion and fulfillment of your potential. You'll get a clear vision of the steps you need to take to uncover your hidden genius so that you can live a life without limits. Sessions can be done over the phone, Skype, or in person. Find out more at www.JoyceBufordEmpowers.com or by calling 903-287-0747.
3: The official 4th of July party was held at the White House in 1801. But did you know that countries other than the U.S. celebrate American Independence Day or July 4th? Denmark, Italy, Portugal, and England all have 4th of July parties. In fact, the British celebrate their independence with bungers and fizz gigs, otherwise known as firecrackers, just like in America. Squib is slang for an electric match used in pyrotechnics. Our dog celebrates July 4th every year the same way, by cowering under the bed. Many European celebrations take place, of course, at American military bases. I'd like to send a special thanks to all our armed forces stationed around the world for everything you do to provide freedom and independence to America. It's I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words.
2: Welcome back to this segment of Second Win. Joyce Buford, the author of Effortless Happiness, continues in this segment to share insights that will help you live a life of greater purpose and filled with happiness. Now here's our host, author and coach, Joyce Buford. We are
0: back and we are visiting with April Tribe Duke. And she is amazing. Her, her story has just held me fascinated uh, from the very beginning about a woman's transition and it's not always smooth as she's pointed out, but I do. She is now in the same state as I am. She's a Texas woman and I love that she is part of our community supporting in so many different ways. Her. So. April. You know, we've talked about so many things today, but but one of the things that i like to revisit, if, if we could, is that, you know, in all the growth that you did, it was, where did you hook on, I'm going to say hook on or find, your value? How do you put self-worth to yourself after being challenged so many times in your marriage? So,
1: um, that's a great question. Uh, I used my, I'll say my master's cohort. So I was in a master's of education program to help me. That's what helped me get my teaching job. And that cohort was for about two years while I was getting my master's and my license and certification. And I watched them in their relationships, um, and took notes it, because there wasn't really a lot of time for counseling, right? And I encourage counseling. If you are able to do that, do it. I was not, unfortunately. And so I connected up with my Heavenly Father with scripture. And I just followed the lead of the Spirit to say, watch this. Don't do that. Learn from here. Mm
2: -hmm. And
1: so it was very interesting. And my journals were a huge part of this because as I would learn, observe, correct, and then write things down, um, that was very supportive. And um, I started to come through and step by step on a healing journey. Um, mm-hmm. You start to learn like, oh, wait, this isn't a checkbox journey. Dang. <laughs> I, I, I thought I could just go check, check, check. Yeah. <laughs> yeah the you, list maker says
0: the list maker. <laughs>
1: correct. Right. You have to have a few lists if you're going to have a family of nine. I'll just tell yeah. you that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, gosh.
0: Oh, well, you know, I know that one of the things that I was so excited after after when I was going through my healing after my divorce was actually finding and identifying my my values. Yes. And it. I mean, I was certainly struggling with self-worth and. Uh, every once in a while it still creeps its l- ugly little head but you know most of the work that we've done as coaches helps us heal <laughs> yes <laughs> that's the whole reason I got here folks is because in my healing I could see and identify other women that were going through the same thing so I wrote a book and it's called effortless happiness and it's a whole the whole premise of the book is that if you know, if you learn your values, then you can explain so many things in your life that don't work right for you, that keep you stuck, that you can accept yourself as being a uniquely designed person. Yes. Agreed. And that's what I, I just love to have women do that book. Yes. <laughs> so.
1: Oh, uh, precisely. Yeah. The the growth that can happen. It, you know, like I mentioned, I, I watched this, this group of amazing people and I just thought, wow, I, I got a lot of work to do. And so, um, you know, start on my knees. Figure mm-hmm. that's a really great place since he's built the cosmos. Maybe I better talk to somebody who knows some things. <laughs> so uh, I knelt right down and and started in. And uh, I, I came face to face with well, we got to start when you were eight, when things happened with the neighbor.
0: Because, oh, yes.
1: Because yeah. I had inadvertently, you know, talked about the pleasing, performing mm-hmm. and perfecting.
0: Yes.
1: And I had dropped a lot of that, but I was still holding on to a few things. And uh, once I started to name that negative voice that's in my head and y'all, y'all know who it is. And for <laughs> me, I call it the shame shadow. Because for me, that shame shadow was constantly casting the doubt. And like anything, as shadows are, they lurk. They're always there. And you Mm -hmm. have to think about it. Is that if you're facing light, you're going to cast a shadow behind you. Because there's opposition in all things. Mm -hmm. You're never going to destroy that shadow. But you can sure quiet him down. Mm -hmm. And you have a choice. You can look into that shadow and listen to those negative voices. Or you can turn your head back to the light. Mm-hmm. So I had to put it in those simplistic terms and every time that negativity would start to creep up yeah. and start to you know work on my my self-worth,
0: mm-hmm. I would
1: say, Wait, whoa, 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 where am I looking? Oh, I'm looking <laughs> into that dark place. All right, Shamey, I'm going to turn over here. Mm-hmm. And uh, sometimes, uh, I, and I talk about this in my healing book, um, we find ourselves trapped in what I call a comfort cage. I don't believe in a comfort mm-hmm. zone at all. It's a cage mm-hmm. and we mm-hmm. build it ourselves. We build it out of our own fears, our lies, the stories we tell ourselves, pleasing perfection, performance. Yes. yes. And it's a comfy little cage. We can make it very comfortable. But like any mm-hmm. cages, you know, as those bars are there, it's not solid wall. And so old Shamey, the shame shadow can just slip right in and sit beside you in that cage. Yes. Oh, that's that's great. How much progress are you going to be making in there? (laughs) Yes. So I had to kind of look around that cage and realize and take ownership and responsibility that I had built that myself. And I tell you what, it was very strong.
3: Uh But
1: Heavenly Father was like, Yeah, I didn't build you to live in a cage. You were built to fly. And so. Oh, I love that. (laughs) I love to
0: fly. I love that word. Yeah. Yeah. So
1: unlocking that cage door was terrifying. Mm-hmm. Throwing it open was horrific. But stepping out into what I call the learning zone
2: mm-hmm.
1: was like a free fall. All I didn't right. know where to go. But I honestly had that feeling of, do you trust me? Mm-hmm. I would say, yes. And so you walk with faith and, and you step forward. Mm-hmm. And people like pinpoints were placed upon my path. And I learned from this one and I learned from that one. Mm -hmm. Then books Mm -hmm. were laid in front of me and I read and I observed and I wrote and I journaled and I learned. Now, Um, I'd like to say all that was nice and tidy in a year. (laughs) No, no. Yes. (laughs) Yes. I was was still holding on to one thing, which was was this concept of love and being loved. Uh Uh-huh. So uh, uh, this is this is one of those moments of repentance as I bear all, right? <laughs> <laughs> this concept of like, if I performed, if I did something, if I showed something, did something, mm-hmm. then yeah. that would equate to my love. And yes. that that's trouble. That's big yeah. trouble. Right. Well, I have to share this little story. Um, I wanted to sit down and watch an interview with some people who I dearly love. And I was watching their interview while I was folding laundry. And some of some, some people who might know my story know this, but basically we do 22 loads of laundry a week in such a large family. It's like we run our own bed and breakfast, right? It just did. (laughs) numbers. (laughs) Sunday night is the night that we fold laundry So I had the laundry all out and everyone's in the room and we're folding and I'm listening to this interview. And one of the people starts talking about her birth story of her son and I'm like clued in. I've had nine of them. Here we go. So I'm listening to the story and of course, you know how birth stories are and then they arrived and they were sticky and gooey and yay and hooray. And suddenly she says, as I embraced him, I was overwhelmed by love and he didn't, Do anything. Mm -hmm. That was a stab to the heart, and I Mm -hmm. felt and heard I've loved you because you are just life. Mm.
2: Yeah,
1: that was it. I suddenly knew. But I tell you what, I had waterworks. I was doing like the ugly booger cry. I was blowing my nose in the socks. (laughs) I was like refolding them. I didn't know what happened. (laughs) But I'll tell you what, the kids who were helping with laundry, they were like, fold faster.
0: (laughs) Mom said one for moments.
1: (laughs) But I knew. And as I carried down laundry to uh, the linen closet, Uh. I heard the next thing was start writing. I didn't give you this gift for nothing. Now go start writing.
0: So is that when you started writing your first book, which is the pinpoint of life? Yeah. And so what year was that that you wrote that book?
1: So I started writing it officially in 2000, uh, last part of 2017 mm-hmm. and finished and had it published in 2018. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what was interesting is that through that process, there were nine chapters that I had written that he said, hold on those. That's book number two. So oh. in 2019, I started with those nine chapters, finished them off with. I think six others, and that became the second book. And so my first book is truly the story. It's a page-turner. You just read through the memoir. I don't have any self-help. I don't have any, and this is what I learned. Nothing. (laughs) It is the story. Yeah. And you jump into the second book, and you're like, I need to know how she got through that. And I share with little vignettes of different stories and aspects of my life. How we learned, how we how I fought through it, how self-worth was developed, how we can all learn that we're loved,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and God, don't
0: make no junk. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so how would you share with our our listener that that they need to, if they're interested in knowing your story and and to read about it and to take it in fully, Would they start with the pinpoint of light? And then move into the second book. and where where did you do most of your I know, and so many of us like to give self-help and ways to grow and, and explain how your books work,
1: sure. so in in pinpoints, you know if you if you want to start there, you'll probably swallow the book in about three hours because ah. I just bring you through the terrifying adventure yeah, right. of what happened. And uh, you learn. I think the depths of, of, of why abuse can happen. And mm-hmm. I, I focused in on his story. Mm-hmm. His story has a lot of pain and right. trauma as a kid that,
3: yeah.
1: that come back yeah. from sexual abuse as well.
3: Right. And I,
1: I put that in there because what I'm trying to acknowledge is that all of us are broken and damaged and mm-hmm. we all need to heal. I don't look at men as you're the enemy and, and I'm the good one. I look at us as a family. We're all the family of God. And we're all here together. And mm-hmm. if we can help each other heal then let's do it. Mm-hmm. So that story brings you this concept of, you see his perspective, our perspective, and then the escape. Right. And the second book is, okay, well, I want to know how she learned, like what happened. Yeah. Yeah. And I share the story about the abuse as a child and I share the just my ups and downs as a teenager as you're learning mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. and yeah and I share a little bit about that second marriage or that first marriage in there but mostly I share about this is what I've learned guys and I want you to get it and uh-huh. um, if you can and you're brave enough to step into those healing journeys I'm here right by you yeah. I don't know it all but I can uh-huh. sure hold a hand and I can sure listen and uh-huh. Through that book, we created what's what we call the Supporters Toolkit. And in the Supporters Toolkit, that helps parents, friends, and coworkers to learn how to help somebody that they know who is in abuse.
0: Ah, it's a nice tool to have. Yes. yeah.
1: That, that tool is there for anyone I want the world to know about it because mm-hmm. with the sheer numbers of one in three in the world, one in three women are abused,
0: mm-hmm.
1: well, we need to obviously rescue and heal but we also have to turn around and ask the question of prevention of what's going on with our guys, mm. boys that are being raised to men, to abuse, what's happening? Mm-hmm. So it 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 asks the hard questions. It mm-hmm. teaches you how to empathize and it teaches you not to be the hero.
2: <laughs> you're, <laughs>
1: you're not the hero in that, but you can definitely be there. I, I look at it as being a first responder. First right. responders that come to fire, to come to, you know, the ambulance workers, whomever it is, when they arrive on the scene, they don't start pulling out their paper and say, who started this fire? Did you start the fire? Who started it? Yeah. You? No, they're there to help. They're uh-huh. there to, to take care of the challenge that's happening right there. And so with the Supporters Toolkit, that's what you are, is that you're there to help. In that so,
0: so share with our audience, Um, the website that you have because you have so much on your website you do programs you have uh, so if they wanted to go to your website what would they find there so
1: um, they would find at apriltribejuke.com they would find ways to help with um, if you're in a domestic violence situation they Mm -hmm. would find ways to heal through learning how to to write your story and Mm -hmm. write your story from getting through that victimhood, survivor, thriver to becoming a victor, because most all of us want to read that victory story. Right. And if they're reading a story that's all about a victim, they're not going to come away with any hope.
2: <laughs> so yeah. they can
1: find ways to, to do that there. And um, they can also find great information about healing, connecting and a beautiful program that we've developed called pinpoints across America, where, mm-hmm. Um, anyone, any authors, any people, anyone can take two free copies of my book to their local shelters. And we want to get the story into the hands of those that need the most hope. Mm -hmm. And they Mm -hmm. can have that hope there. And as the lending library goes out, um, those women can know that there really is hope. There really is a way to get beyond. There really Mm -hmm. is that place that you can make it that I want you to go beyond this, get out of your victimhood and really reach to where it is that you can live your most valued life. You are valued. You have worth.
0: So have you been able to go into organizations like crisis center and speak, or I know so many of them do have their own programs and they also, I, you know, kind of protect their women. So is that an, that would be our shelter or is there another shelter you're referring to? Um any any of the domestic violence
1: shelters, abuse, thing anything like that where we go in, I help to offer information from the story. Mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm. and people that are part of Pinpoints Across America, they get the two books and mm-hmm. they go there, they make an appointment and they deliver their books. And some some other authors who also have books that they've written about healing. They add their book to it. And so now the shelter has more and more books. Because truly, if we're giving and giving Mm to people that absolutely need it, I can't tell you the blessings that just explode from that. We have books now in Alaska, in Hawaii. Mm -hmm. People find the site and they say, I want to do that. And they Mm -hmm. deliver books. During a pandemic, they still do it. I mean, it's amazing. (laughs) It is amazing. You know, when Heavenly Father gave me that prompt, I was like, Oh, you know there's a pandemic going on, and it was like, do you trust me? Yes, I mean, how yes. the whole story came about. Yeah. We were yeah. going on a we were going on a trip to head back home. Packed everybody in the twelve passenger van and the dog, and off we went. It takes nine states to get back home, so yes. off we went. And at every stop where we'd have lunch, I just mm-hmm. got the feeling, look at a shelter. We'd look for a shelter. I'd drop off two books. Oh my video, And off we would yeah. go to the next and the next. And I thought, how are we going to keep this up? Uh-huh. And, and of course the Lord, he's so cute. He kind of knocks me on the head like, ask for help. <laughs> I was like, oh, oh okay. Oh, and what a great idea. <laughs> and that's where pinpoints across America happened. And I can't believe it. We're now we're now in um, let's see, 26 states, 232 books have been delivered. 37 no 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 fix the number uh-huh. 57 shelters and there's 11,000 shelters to go so we, we got a bit but we're going to do yeah. it
0: <laughs> well now where would people get to you if they want to be part of this this evolution that you're creating
1: sure uh, they can see it right on the website and there's a there's a little tab this is pinpoints of light pinpoints across uh-huh. america so they just click on that and It'll send them to the link, which allows them to get the two free books. It's just a small shipping and handling fee. And yeah. those books are shipped to them. And then there's another website that helps you to locate a shelter that's in your city, in your state, in your area. Yes. And, I mean, they've taken off. We had, we had a group called Women Who Spark. Mm-hmm. Um, their group is in the Wisconsin area. They mm-hmm. committed to deliver 20 to 25 shelters.
0: Wow. And
1: their entire wow. group got involved. It, it was, I couldn't have planned that. Right. And that's just <laughs> it. As you amplify this light, people take mm-hmm. it and amplify it much further mm-hmm. than, we'll, than the nine states I went to.
0: Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, it is a huge part of our, uh, what do I want to say, of our life. And so many women live this life by themselves i mean it's just sad um and so they don't have the strength they don't have the courage and they don't have the community and you're offering that to them through reading this book and reaching out so um you are indeed a model (laughs) for them and that's that's what i like about the message of second wind is that no matter what the second wind is if it's (laughs) uh Facing your fears or growing your life, whatever it is. I'm so thankful that you were um, here with us today for sure. But <clears throat> we're not quite finished. So don't don't take that as a signal. <laughs> but I do want them to know that they can follow you on Facebook. Yep. Uh, on facebook.com slash April. Oh, April, you're going to have to spell your last name. G, as in George, I-A, U-Q, U-E. Now, did you have to go to France to marry this man? <laughs> oh, now that's
1: a beautiful story. So picture <laughs> picture this. Um, I'm knee-deep in, in a master's course, teaching full-time, raising five kids, being the single mom. And oh. after about two and a half years of that, I get the prompting of, it's time to find someone. And I'm thinking oh, right, who's going to date me? (laughs) Look at this dating site. So, but sure enough, put it up on the, you know, internet dating, here we go. Uh And I have me and my five kids and I'm like, this is a package deal. So (laughs) don't even bother trying to think it's different. And uh, my amazing husband, Scott, he was like, Uh I'm in. And he was a bachelor for 45 years. No other marriages, no other. So he came in and embraced and now we have four more and, and yeah. I mean, you know, it, it's it's amazing. It's 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 life. So yeah, it's not gonna be this perfect thing, but wow, stepping right. in when others have stepped out. That's a beautiful
0: thing. Now his name is Sky. Is that right? Scott. Oh Scott. Where did mm-hmm. I see Sky? Because I thought that was not sure. unique. <laughs> But uh, I think I've heard somebody called Skype before. But anyway, and then your LinkedIn connection for those that would like to catch, uh, connect with you that way is, you could do this uh, that I can. Oh, boy. I can't? Oh, I? <laughs> oh well, maybe I could because okay. I've i got a cheat sheet here. You could do that. <laughs> www.linkedin.com forward slash N, forward slash April, hyphen, tribe, hyphen, G-I-A-U-Q-U-E, hyphen, M-S-E-D, hyphen, 455578145. I think you should go to her website. Yes. (laughs) The website can lead you everywhere, yeah. Oh my the- gosh, yes, don't mess with this. Go to her website, she's also on Instagram and Twitter, yes. So, you know, she's got all the ways you can connect with her. But I really encourage you to go to her website because she's got so much on there opportunities for you to help in the mission. Um, you do how many different courses? Oh, wow. well, <laughs> we've mm.
1: got we've got quite a bit of courses. We've got different three different ones for writing, and then we've got a few for healing. And then, of course, if you are a supporter of somebody who's in abuse, we've got the supporters' toolkit. So yeah. you know, I believe in just helping wherever I can. And when we get the prompt to make something new, well, we put it out there.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes. So what has been? As we look, oh my goodness, we are dear. I was going to ask you this question, but I was looking for your answer for 2020, but you are, you are forgiven. You do not have to, 2021, but we are at the end of our hour and I can't, April, I appreciate so much. Oh no, sorry. I get another message. No, there's a voice speaking to me behind this, (laughs) behind this computer screen he says now it's 3 minutes that we have so what is your um so we do have time to answer this question what is your big goal for this year you've done so much but we all have our goals that we set every year sure
1: so the big goal for this year is to really work on connecting with our community being able to offer some of these writing programs on a, on a bigger scale so we can reach out and help more people because a lot of the women who come to me, they usually will say, I want to write my story and I want them to be able to write that story that really helps them to reach their goals and their potential. So for the goal for 2021, the word is amplify Uh and we're just going to go out there and reach. And when we see light that needs to be amplified, I want to shine in front of it. So the podcast is now, you know, going out even further than we had ever imagined. Mm -hmm. Um, Many authors come on that podcast and they're able to share so many incredible things that what their stories are. And we take them from everything from fiction writers Mm -hmm. to nonfiction writers, everybody, because almost all story has hope. Uh And, you know, I don't want to have a group or a program that only talks about abuse. I want people who have been in that situation to have mm-hmm. some fun, to right. to know something new, to reach beyond where they've been. Right. And that's the way I know to do
0: it. So in writing their story, they're actively healing themselves, correct?
1: Correct. It is,
0: that's it. It
1: is the cheapest way of healing.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right. We have finally come to the end of this hour not that i'm happy about it because april i think i could talk to you for at least two more hours (laughs) but i do thank you for giving us this time this has been a powerful podcast and i love that it will be shared through my uh show of second wind with joyce and i just wish you the best luck going forward
1: thank you thank you so much
0: yes yes Uh, so yes
1: I was just going to say, I pray that I can amplify your light in any way possible and share your story across to the audience that I also serve, because as we amplify each other, light and hope are produced.
0: Beautiful way to close the
2: show. Thank you. We get the same time for another edition of Second Wind. Through the Joyce Buford Empowerment System, women are receiving the support they need through their transitions and are able to reclaim their true purpose with confidence. They receive the tools they need to map out new lives. You can find out more about her coaching services at JoyceBufordEmpowers.com.